Hi, Robert. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, so glad to have you in the real talk, man. I, I introduced you on the good old social media, LinkedIn worlds, man. You are all over the place. You are right. throwing out some knowledge and guidance and information and news. And I've just like, I'm like, who is this guy? I got to know him. got to talk to him. Just the knowledge and information every day you're up to date. It's, it's been so fascinating watching, watching your content grow and really informing the world of building awareness of supply chain, semiconductors, the whole industry of, of electronics and really what's going on to that world. So that's why I want to bring you on and uh, introduce you a little bit and learn a little bit more about who is Robert Quinn. Right. Right. It was great. To, great to meet you. Great to be on with you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so why don't you give us a little bit of history and background? How did you get here? How did you get to be this content curator and from your background? Well, I started at Applied Materials, uh, gosh, over 20 years ago, um, working in manufacturing. And I worked my way through the, through manufacturing in the final test and, uh, and eventually uh, made myself, made my way out into the field um, as a field service engineer and working on uh, applied materials equipment and other equipment as well. Um, traveled around, did a lot of, uh, a, a lot of installs, de, um, deinstalls and uh, a lot of PM work, working on tools and fabs from IBM to global foundries and, uh, um, Intel and, uh, gosh, just about every, every, just, just about every large fab in the, in the country. Yeah, well, well, if you got a wafer, it looks like you still have a wafer behind you, a little golden wafer behind you. I can see that's that's your forte. That's where you play. You know, that's your experience. So uh, from that, so you were an engineer, obviously, right? You started your background engineering. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I worked uh, as a field service engineer, um, working on on. I, I specialized in a few different tool sets. I worked on uh, Epi, and I worked on CVD, and I've worked on uh, PVD. So I, I left the field service engineering uh, area and uh, went to work for SAMHSA as a senior technician at SAMHSA. And I have uh, I worked there for roughly um, four years. And then I decided to go into management uh, in the field of uh, deinstalls, working in, working in the area of deinstalls and decontamination of equipment. And uh, was an operations manager for a couple of companies there. Oh, wow. That's about it's insightful. So you learned all the mechanics behind it all, all the, actually the hardware side too, right? Yeah, it's really exciting yeah. working on working on this equipment. This uh, the the it's the, this this equipment is just absolutely amazing. It's really interesting working on these tools. They uh, are at the forefront of technology, and the um, what they're doing is really amazing. Uh, I mean, everything from atomic layer deposition, and uh, you know striking plasmas and, and uh, pumping pumping down the vacuums of tending the negative unit tour, which is you know just two clicks of deep space vacuum and and uh, working on this equipment is super exciting. Oh wow. I uh, that that's 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 extremely fascinating. So from the <laughs> hardware mechanics side, you learned all of that those traits and insightfulness and you know all the fascinating tools that's out there in the semiconductor the semiconductor industry. Um, and then I mean to the present day to day, I mean how, how did that 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 last 20 years of that experience lead you to content, to curating content? So <laughs> I've I've spent a lot of time working on the tools, and I'm I'm passionate and excited about working on semiconductor equipment, and it's just been a, a passion of mine for a long time. And uh, one of my pastimes, as as a kind of a, a geeky thing that I like doing, is I like finding good content and information about the semiconductor industry and see where it's going. 
and uh, and it's it's a big um, it, it's a big question that a lot of people have nowadays, and there's not a lot of good information out there. So I started posting information on LinkedIn about the semiconductor industry. Um, gosh, about a year and a half ago, and it just started becoming its it, it, its own thing. Uh, I started receiving phone calls from directors and senior level people I, I, and people saying, hey, I love your content, really appreciate everything that you've been posting. And uh -huh. uh, it, it just grew and, and next thing I knew, I, I had this platform on LinkedIn that uh, had, had grown to the, the size that it is at 18,000 right now. Oh, that's fascinating. You know, like, because as I said, that's how I caught you, how you caught my attention, just like the others that contacted you, caught my attention through the data and information because it's real time. And I agree, you know, there is a lot of uh, mediums for information for semiconductor industry, but they're spread out, you know, between the supply chain side engineering. And there, I would say there's probably a good dozen of them, but a lot of them are, are spreading the same content that they use or just curating a different way. And they take time. They're not real time, right? News mm -hmm. comes out right now. It's real time because the social media has completely changed the times the um the, the launch times between a news story and it is and it's like instantly launched the twitters and all the souls facebook like you just instantly, something happens a decision is made in an industry um and it's it's live so for us it's like a week or two weeks late sometimes it's a little too late because everybody's that, that, that's old news right already old yeah. news a lot of changes now as we know from the pandemic side in this in this news cycle right yeah so you're, you're so up to date and that's one thing that really that really um i see how you quantified that with some of the results. So, so you got into it. Let's, so let's take a little story back. So you got into curating content. You just, was it just something that interested you from a news angle? You thought that I want to create a medium of a news channel. What, what was your vision? <laughs> Literally just to post information about the industry. Um, yeah. it, and it, it just started it. I started posting more information and the more information I posted, the more, replies I received and the more um, feedback I started getting from other people that were connected to me. And, uh, and, and then I started adding a lot more connections. And there was one point I was um, adding almost 100 connections a day of people that were looking to uh, connect with me to be able to see my content that I was posting. And it, it kind of grew on its own and, and it, it became a, uh, uh, how can I, how can I, you know, curate this content and, and 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 post this content to the everybody else to be able to see because we're the TikTok we're the TikTok society now right nobody wants to nobody wants to open an article and, and read the whole article so what I just did is I would just go to the article I would read the whole article and I would find the best information that that um that the article had to say everybody knows there's a shortage right now of of, of computer chips like i mean there's and you know the article will go into like three paragraphs talking about a shortage well i don't need to add that to the, the 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 content of my post because everybody already knows that so you know i find the juiciest and greatest information of that article and i put that into uh the post that i that i i put out so everybody can read and basically get a a cliff note of of the article of, of the article and about what's going on without having to uh spend a lot of time you know, digging into it and finding out all that information. The instant gratification. I mean, you yeah. nailed it. It is. We are the new industry. I mean, we're the 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 X's are our X's millennials, and now um, the Z's, and then the Y's behind that. All these, it's they're all born in technology. And it's instant gratification, instant information, instant video clips. It's, this is something that is 
it's a little in our industry, as you say, we're a little resistant to change because you know we're full of engineers and the old strategy and the ways and the way they read content. Usually, it's through you know through technical documents, technical articles. But the new generation, the way they um, decompress or um, decode information is video. Our, our minds are getting used to video or a quick um, body, two three sentences and a video explaining it, or a photo or an image that we can reflect. Because again, our eyes can you know we can can read 10 times basically 10,000 times faster than our our we can actually read on on uh, grammatically through you know reading content so we can picture on the visual aspects the visual objects are so much more powerful and videos are so much more powerful for us because we all are we're all kind of have ADD. We live in the ADD time where we don't have time to jump in. That's why clickbait is a big thing now because people jump into something, read it, they read the headline, and they run away, and they realize what they wrote was not what's in the article. And this stuff does happen, right? But going back to the, the business side, it's so fascinating of what you, what you created. And you jumped onto something because in an industry that it's not being done so well, um, it's not being done very well, and we're still at the infancy for the for the semiconductor uh, semiconductor industry supply chain for companies to evolve into what you're doing to share information real time fast. And um, and mind that comes to my next question is, how do you do it? You know what what are how do you get the news? Do you, are you just subscribed to a lot of news channels, or how do you get the content you, to be able to share? Yeah, I mean, I, I am subscribed to quite a few news channels. Okay. Um, and, and I do receive uh, emails from certain companies. You know, they'll they'll you know try to send out information to me to try to get me to publicize their companies and whatnot. But um, mostly, I, I it's mostly just looking on the internet and searching searching through Google Google search and searching through the uh, the the filters and, and filtering the information and trying to find the best content out there and uh, searching it by by the timelines, you know, and, and making sure that it's within the newest, the latest, greatest information. So, um, but yeah, that's how that's, it, it's, it's really not, uh, uh, there's not a special thing to it. It's, it's just, you know, Isn't that rocket science. No, just spending time behind the internet and, 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 and really trying to find the good juicy information that we can, uh, that we can post and that people love to love to hear and love to love to know about. Um, so for, for someone that's for a listener, like what's a question? Like how long of time does it take for you? Is it a daily uh, routine that you spend maybe a few hours a day reading, uh, uh, taking information in to see what is curated to what to post, or how, how does that work? How's your days work? Well, <laughs> it's I, I have a team behind me now. That okay. uh, I, at first it started out with just me um, mm -hmm. sitting, sitting up on my cell phone until three o'clock in the morning making posts. And, uh, and and now I have a team that's behind me that's actually helping helping me with everything that we're doing. Um, I, I not only have uh, I not only have do the the LinkedIn uh, curation and LinkedIn content, but I also have a, another business behind it um, that helps that the my employees are able to help me uh, run that that part of that platform for me. So, oh, so is is that um, that other business is it associated with the marketing side? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're we're doing marketing, and we're providing marketing for uh, for our, our our viewers and and for people that want to uh, connect with us and, and want to us uh, to spotlight their their information. Uh, basically, we're taking over people's LinkedIn's and we're helping them uh, market organically, uh, grow their their LinkedIn pages, 
And so it's it's uh, been a quite a successful uh, uh, business. So. So what what you I mean as I said is like for the next generation it's like um, I know you're trying to curate for TikTok like to bring the bringing the sexy back to the semiconductor industry bringing the and also building awareness again I know um, we we talked yeah. about that some of your missions are also building awareness for the new generation bringing people into the bringing into the industry of really what's happening and um, and having that demographic of targeting kind of that demographic to get more awareness out there so what 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 are uh for people out there what are what are your tactics of understanding like do you like to do clips do you create content just photos what is it what is it that really you've seen that works on the linkedin or social media feeds that really gets that um as you say that like, at the end of the day it's about the impressions the amount of people watch something or click on something what is it you've seen that, that works on your end there's really a there, there there really is a psychology behind um behind making the post also um, and, and, and I'm, I'm trying to, in, in my business, I'm trying to provide, uh, provide the information that is going to be the most meaningful to somebody. But, um, I'm also wanting to, uh, provide information, provide a, um, I'm trying to drive people to the industry. Right. And I, I want to drive, I, I want to provide information for people, but I also want to drive information drive people to the industry. Um, right now, there's um, a lot of great information, a lot of a lot of stuff that's going on in the semiconductor industry. It's uh, We're experiencing a lot of geopolitical uh, yep. issues that are going on right now with the semiconductor industry. Um, TSMC is, is holding a, a large basket of the manufacturing right now uh, of, of wafers and, and chips at, at, the, at the smaller nodes. And that's a, a big deal that's going on right now. The United States is uh, pushing billions and billions of dollars into uh, expanding the semiconductor uh, business in the United States. And so are other countries uh, around the world. So, Yeah, I mean, you jumping into that topic from the curation of content, reaching those building awareness, and building awareness, just like that TCMC and everything going on. The geopolitical side is um, you being in that industry, you having experience for the last 20 years, it is very fascinating what's going on. And um, and putting as is sometimes all our eggs in one basket and then realizing when something happens or political politics happen or, you know, countries have disagreements, there's a challenge like, you know, who has more power where it is all is. And we all know Taiwan is a powerhouse, you know, so. What are your thoughts of doing the, of course, the cross allocation, bringing, you know, because the two biggest plants, I would say, are in, probably in Taiwan, Korea, probably a two, count for 80% of wafer fabs right now, correct? So yeah. what are your thoughts of that bringing stuff back? Do you think we should bring all 100% back or do you think we should just have separate allocation in separate different areas and countries to be able to make sure we can have supply resilience of supply chain? Supply supply chain is, is very important. Um, yeah. Being able to produce uh, high security chips as well is very important. Yes. Um, but unfortunately, it's not very level playing field right now. Whenever we're talking about the IP issues, uh, the global IP issues, and so um, uh, the the United States is working really hard to um, make sure that, that all this is brought back to the that is brought back to the United States. Um, and that, whenever they say that, they're talking about um, the large, uh, the the large part of you know, uh, 
cell phone production and five uh, G five G chip production and, and doing the 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 work that uh, the the work bringing back the work that's that's been outsourced a lot to um, other countries right now that that needs to be done at, at home for security reasons to, for the United States government security reasons they say um, but then there's also chips that that will always forever be made in other countries that um, I, I think that will, you know, we'll, we'll always need to have an, an open door policy, I think, with, with trading and, and chips, uh, having different countries uh, making chips that we're not making. That'll always be something that we're going to be, that's going to be an open, have to, we'll have to have an open door policy for. Yeah, because you're talking about the high volume, the part, the components that are tran basic, tra basic transistors or diodes or things that or MCUs that are very common, and uh, you know many different people make them, and it's not really an IP; it's just a a power surge or op amp or something that's very simple in that aspect. But when you step take a step back, you're saying that's when we get to more complex um, microprocessing. You know, of course, like the CPUs, GPUs, um, going into you know FPGAs more sensitive or custom uh, solutions because um, of all the ASICs and all the things that come to be, it's what's happening for the future. And I, I agree, you know, bringing, bringing that because it is, is the it kind of, you talk, you hit some points. There's could be some espionage, people stealing reverse engineering things and building the way for fabs. And that is yeah. a power right now because I think computing power, uh, power is, you know, right now is data. The way you get data is through computing. So how, how, you know, and that's the race to have the biggest super, supercomputers and data and then the world. But that, you hit that point is bringing that stuff back. So right now, from your angle from, I mean, I know you're, you're sitting now in Austin, Texas, uh, which is a, it's a big hub or Texas in general is a big hub for a lot of technology moving there, building. So what do you see right now um, coming to Texas area building out? I know you've got Tesla there. So who else is coming back there? Tesla's coming here. Um, Oracle's, Oracle's coming here. Um, Apple's build, building a billion-dollar building uh, right right down the road from me, um, and uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of growth. SpaceX is here. Um, SpaceX is growing in, in uh, South Texas as well. Um, yeah, and I believe I heard that uh, there's a chance that we might see Boeing uh, moving uh, part of its operation to Austin as well. So there's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of growth in Austin. And uh, the real estate market is showing showing it. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, with all those companies coming in, there's lots of jobs coming in and um, coming from that. From but now for the more of the like on, geopolitical side, from onshoring, offshoring of people moving back. I mean, infrastructure takes time, as we know in the states, we have a lot of regulations, so this does take time. But in meanwhile, next two, one to two to three years, while that is a progress to be established. Um, what are your insights? You think what's going on uh, with, with Taiwan, with China, with Southeast Asia countries, Europe, on the technology range and the supreme to understand, you know, where allocation is, where semiconductors are coming from, and why does it keep breaking? Well, I think we're experiencing a a, a big problem right now with um, so many of our, like I said, so many of our chips being with TSMC, mm -hmm. and uh, so much going on with um, how we're how we're interacting with China right now. Um, there's a, a lot of people that are asking, you know, what what if China did to Taiwan what it did to Hong Kong? What would happen uh, to uh, our supply chains if that if that happened, right? 
um, there's a lot of questions to be asked about that. And so um, it, it's it's keeping a lot of people on their toes right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, <laughs> I constantly agree. I know because uh, China slowly, silently took over Hong Kong in the last four years. Yeah. Uh, you know, at Hong Kong, I mean, no, you're wrong. I, there, there are positives and negatives. I, China, I've 20 years, I've been traveling there. It's amazing what they've done, amazing what they've accomplished. Um, but there's a lot of challenges between the regime and how they're, they're, they're the only, there's, you know, how they're run and what's going on. And it's just working within compliance, you know, just following the rules, following the national rules and following compliance is all I think the global asks, all the companies out there ask of following the rules. It's not, you know, being within that. And, and so we all can grow together, not be, ad, be adverse, you know, be adverse to each other and uh, grow together through this marketplace. Um, but like moving forward, you know, the government's coming into play is like um, how the U.S. government or governments in general in countries are coming to support the innovation of bringing technology back. You know, really, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, do you think the government should step in? I know a lot, this new administration has set up some big goals for uh, technology coming back to the states or building at least your subsidies and things they want to build. So what are your thoughts on that? There's a, there's a big push globally for all, all countries are try, even India is trying to trying to get into semiconductor right now and and, and it's all being financed through government right um, China's financing a lot um, of their their uh, semiconductor push India's financing a lot of theirs and here we are this country that has typically said you know government stays out of business and, yeah. and we're the capitalist country cap, capitalist you know type of uh, you know uh, infrastructure and, and we want to be have the government out of business and let the business do what it does well it's not a it's not a level playing field anymore whenever you have china investing billions if not trillions of dollars and and you know other countries around the world uh governments investing billions of dollars as well so i, I think it's important to um to make sure that it's it, that government needs to come in and make sure that it's a level playing field and I, I, I don't want to say that they need to invest money because that's, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's very political in, in one way or another. But I want to say that the government needs to be involved and they need to make sure it's a level playing field. Now, if that means that they're going to invest money, the government's going to invest money in the semiconductor, that's, you know, that's one way of doing it. But another way of doing it also is raising taxes, raising import taxes for stuff that's being brought in from other countries to be able to make it a level playing field for co companies that are producing in the United States. Um, we saw that, we've, we, we all saw that with the um, solar industry. Uh, we, we saw what happened in the solar industry where, where China really just kind of dominated the, uh, uh, the, the industry through uh, subsidizing the, the solar, uh, solar industry. And they just killed it for so many other countries and, and people around the world that were trying to, uh, trying to do it without government support uh, and uh yeah it's it's interesting seeing how that works yeah i think yeah the u.s lost uh billions of dollars subsidies they gave to build those plants which never came back and that's which i can come back to play the government we should have a level playing field um democratize that for all all electronic production and if the governments you know some i mean as i said some government subsidize and the government subsidize the factories making the products to bring the price down it's not a level playing field anymore. You know, and, you know, the innovation could come from one side, the other country takes it, 
builds it just you know same quality but can push the price down 50 percent you know that yeah. that that's the challenge of working with compliance the global compliance and manufacturing that we're all working together um, um in this you know and and evolving the nation evolving power because we all win together this is mm -hmm. not a race you know we're not an arms race anymore it's all about technology moving forward for human humanity you know in the succession of what happens to humanity uh, living, you know, green life, clean data, digitalization moving forward. So yeah, it's, it's, that's very insightful. Um, yeah, I, I had a, uh, I, I was, I had, I had stepped out of the semiconductor realm for a little bit to uh, go work at a machine shop. Um, and in that time that I was there, they had, uh, we had an order coming from a, a fab here in, here in Austin. Uh, they asked us to make them a chamber liner that would go inside the chambers so they could do improve their PM time. And uh, they asked, we, we, the guy I worked for, he owned the machine shop. He owned the machines. And, uh, and we received a phone call from a guy in China. And the guy said, uh, the guy said hey, I would love to make something for you. you know, give, let me bid something for you. And they said, well, listen, we own the machines. We own the machine shops. There's no, there's no way that you could beat our price. Mm -hmm. and he said, you try. And so we said, fine, here's this project. Can you make these chamber liners for us? He made the chamber liners, put them on our doorstep for cheaper than we could buy the aluminum for. That's and, and and that's just that's just the way that that the it was all subsidized. You know, all the aluminum is subsidized in China, and uh, it was just it, you know I was sitting there talking to the owner of the business, and he just about fell out of his chair. He said, "How am I going to stay in business when I when when this is going on? This is crazy." Yeah. I mean, that's an example of a small business that's been successful, you know, in a certain niche marketplace. And, um, um, but as I said, at the end of the day, sometimes you take advantage. You go, if this guy's make it cheaper than we do, sometimes it, before we lose our business is to use them as the source and have them do a lot of jobs that, you know, are not as technical or needs IP, they can dandle. And because that, at the end of the day, we all need to earn living and stay in business, you know, and evolve. Because at the end of the day is, you know, the only thing that's certain in life is change. So we got to change, you know, and, and, and evolve, you know, and these are things that we need to work to uh, work together. And I, it's fascinating. That story in like, especially in electronics, you find it happening more to hundreds or thousands of companies, small companies who are manufacturers. They used to make all the product here and they ended up finding a contractor in Asia and they still just brand it for them and they sell it here. And they're just, a, they're just smaller company. It used to be of hundreds of people. Maybe they have a 10 or 20. And it's just import, you know, it's just a branding thing now, but that mm -hmm. keeps them in business because they might have design ins or products that are off brand. At the end of the day, sometimes people want to deal with the brand and they don't want to deal with the foreigner. They rather deal with someone local. And right. but it keeps them in business. I mean, there's a positive and a negative to it, um, but it, the challenges on on items that are so easily manufactured or easily can be reverse engineered or, as you say, copied um, on outside offshore for cheaper price. You know, everybody at the end of the day is in business to make money. So, yeah. you know, that's, it's hard. It's hard to uh, keep your blinders on that as much as we want to stay. But back to your point, we should invest on the high-end technology to keep here. Some of that stuff, just like the consumables and other things, have at it. But we are, we should stay as the gold standards of innovators, innovating, creating technology, creating that, keeping that IP here safe and building those wafers here, building that semiconductors in this area. Maybe it was only 20% of the semiconductor industry, 80% could be done offshore, but that 20% powers some systems that you know are 
key to life and key to our internal security of our of our nation. Yeah, yeah, and so far we have some really good commitments from uh, we have uh, Intel who's committed to build two fabs in the United States um, in Arizona. Uh, there's TSMC who's going to build a fab in Arizona as well, and then Samsung is also committed to building a large uh, a large fab in the United States, another large fab in the United States as well. Uh, we're hoping it'll be Austin. But yes, the and the the backing, having the backing of these companies is super important as uh, as as we continue to continue this race, right? Yeah. To win this race and this uh, to make sure that we're able to stay dominant in that that factor. Yeah, I mean, it's funny is we want to say dominant, but comes up some, we put ourselves in that position. You know, that sometimes we did because we all went fabulous. Yeah. Because. They want yeah. to focus on R&D, they focus on R&D, and then they allocate it. Of course, TS, TSMC is, don't get me wrong, they are the pinnacle of, of excellence, of yeah. facts. We all know that, you know, and it's funny, as I read an article today, though, is that the chairman of TCMC, I think, says that it's not, he's not certain this is a good idea for, you not, for U.S. to build the fabs. I mean, I think he's talking about move it all back. But it, I don't think that's the point to move everything back. But he's like, it's not a great idea because um, the know-how and the IP that TCM. But I also think that they're also worried because, hey, we're going to take some of this business back or do it locally. And they don't want to lose that allocation because when they're handling 70% of the fabs in the world, everything yeah. comes out of one location. Um, it's, it's dangerous because you can see what's happening in Japan. You know, A lot of these companies in Japan, uh, these semiconductor companies, Renesis just had a fire. Yeah, you know, AKM had a fire last year. Yep. You know, and they don't, and it's, it's interesting is they are, they're, put, I don't know, I don't know, I, I'm assuming, but it looks like the, all their eggs are on one basket. They don't have diverse allocation where if there's a downturn or, or natural disaster, they can completely switch off and allocate that. Maybe some down, a little bit of downtime, but pick up somewhere else and boost the capacity. It's just a single location. Yeah, that's what, that's where I think it's great that we're diversifying this globally, right? It, it needs yeah. to be, we need to be able to be globally diversified in the sense that um, chips are going to become such a, an important part of, of our lives in the future. And they, they already are, but how much more they're going to become uh, an important part of our lives in the future is, is going to be um, super important that we're making sure that we're, we're globally diversified in the sense that, uh, um, you know, we're, we're, we're making the chips in Europe, we're making the chips in Asia, we're making the chips in North America. And, uh, and if something, God forbid, if something has, happens, you know, that, uh, the other parts of the world can help sustain uh, that chip production as well. So yeah, if there's all the technology in the world, we should be experts at sustainability. But yeah. we're still having breaks, and these breaks happen every five or every five years or a decade. We have these supply chain breaks, and it's usually after a, an, an economic recession or something happens economically, natural disaster, pandemic. You know, these yeah. are things that we all go into, and uh, even with this pandemic coming in, coming to the supply chain. I, I've i been through the last 20 years. I mean, this, this business, this is my blood. My father started as an engineer. I've been in this blood. I've seen it, you know? So, you know, from this, I've, I've been in probably three different, four different uh, shortages or supply chain disruptions starting from the 90s, late 90s of the e-commerce and then happening in the Great Recession and then happening like in 2010 again and then happening in 18, 18 like 21. These are things that it, it comes and goes, right? Um, and I've seen it, but this one is kind of an anomaly. Why? It's not just because the pan because we it's the pandemic has forced everything to digital, and then when everything goes digital, 
You need components, you need microcontrollers, you need to build this, right? Everything remote, digital, you need laptops, you need peripheral guidance, you need cameras. These things all have processing units in them. So the demand spikes dramatically, right? And then what happens also is automotive is when some cars, right? I mean, give me if I'm wrong, the cars used to have maybe in the last five year, a couple microprocessors. Today, yeah. they have controllers, over 100 controllers in every sensor in that car, yeah. you know? And we're building all these cars and then all the autos are going to EV. Everything goes EV. There's more electronics needed. There's more circuitry needed. So that's also boosting it. And this EV is not dying. This EV is going to accelerate compared to aerospace, computing, also coming to trucks, trucking system, logistics, yeah. robots. You know, yeah. so there yeah. is so many. You can say, oh, it's just because of the pandemic. But I don't mm -hmm. see our trajectory is up. It's not going to. Equal. There's no level playing field. We're just keep going up because this digital world is going in the supercomputing, data power, data centers. Right. I mean, uh, um, correct me wrong. I mean, is that what are your perspectives? You know, that's really my assumption that this is going to last forever. We just have to catch up. It's going to take some few years. Yeah, the, the growth is exponential, right? I mean, it doesn't yeah. just it doesn't stop. And uh, and you know, yeah, cars not only have more microprocessors in them now, but they're also uh, connected to the internet now. <laughs> And uh, soon, soon to be uh, almost all Teslas, I'm sure, will soon to be probably be connected to uh, Starlink or, or something mm -hmm. like that. And um, you know, so yeah, we're, we're the the Internet of Things is changing everything um, because your everything from your watch to uh, your your cell phone and everything in your car are all going to be connected to the Internet. Um, it is it's going to change our world dramatically. And, yeah, and smart homes, smart buildings, smart everything. You walk in your house, you come in. I mean, these are things that people like every day. I don't think people understand like every day our lives are. Can you live without your phone for a day? Can you leave it at home and just say I'm off? Right, right. Try it. Yeah, it's it's difficult. <laughs> it's, it's like you, you. It's like you're lost. Like your life is because we don't. <laughs> well, that, it, it's it's forced us meant psychologically. I mean. Psychologically, like we don't remember as much numbers, phone numbers anymore. You know, where can we go get a pick up a payphone to call somebody? Where can we go to do these things? Where can we, you know, we could, transactions, messaging? It's because um, we're so fast paced. Things are evolving so fast. From when I when I grew up, you know, we didn't. It, I think I was a teenager when the, the beepers came out. You know, and then that was it. You know, and then we got the first Motorola cell phones and the whole things. You know, and these are all the things like. And uh, and then going from where we are today, it's 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 extremely fascinating where we see the future. And um, and I that's what I as I said coming back to that is like, I love that perspective that you were spreading awareness on on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. It's which caught my eye. And yeah, yeah, it's so uh, for that is what really is your I mean, let's say for the future vision for uh, the Quinn media management what is your future vision like in the next couple of years, what do you think we're going to go? What do you see content marketing going? Well, COVID obviously COVID COVID uh, affected a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and and, you know, companies are trying to when, when they when the companies couldn't fly anymore, when, when salesmen couldn't fly anymore, and they couldn't make that that handshake and that have that handshake and have that lunch with anybody, they people became frantic and they didn't realize they, they said, How am I gonna make how are we gonna keep our pipelines filled, um, our, our 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 sales funnels filled, um, to you know, and how can we create new contacts and, and keep you know the keep the sales going? Uh, through you know through this COVID situation that we're experiencing, and 
I was kind of one step ahead in the sense that um, I had already I had already started my LinkedIn, and I had already started adding thousands of, of connections to my LinkedIn, and I developed a system that allows me to um, develop relationships because it, it, LinkedIn is a is a relationship development tool that um, is absolutely priceless. I, I mean, the, the, the connections that I have are, are just unbelievable. Um, from CEOs of, of the top two, three level fabs in the world um, to, you know, senior directors and, and everybody um, around the world that's involved in the semiconductor industry, I, I'm, I'm connected to on a first level basis. And, and I've had conversations with, you know, on, on, the, on, on DMs through, through LinkedIn. It's amazing the the power of, of LinkedIn and how you can develop relationships and how you can develop um, uh, with with people. And so that's basically what I'm doing with my my uh, my marketing agency is that we are showing people how they can develop relationships through LinkedIn, and um, and and they're able to uh, keep those uh, keep those relationships uh, going to. Uh, you know, and, and then eventually, sometimes they say they sometimes they turn into sales or or something like that. But the the statistics say that you have to have uh, seven to eight points of contact with a person on the internet before you can uh, seven to eight points of contact before you can actually have trust in that person to be able to uh, do business with them. And so LinkedIn is a very powerful tool in that sense that you can connect with somebody, yes, but do you have trust with that person? Not really. Um, you know, okay, you know, and as you're seeing that person, you know, uh, posting more information, you feel like you're learning more about that person. And then when that person reaches out to you and says, happy birthday, congratulations on the job change, um, you know, you know, just uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, um, you know, the, the person is making, making those touch points and reaching out to that contact. Um, they eventually feel like they're developing a relationship, and and then that relationship uh, turns into usually turns into something bigger and better for the the right contacts, right? Yeah. Turns and into it, opportunity. And it turns into opportunity for both of them, and uh, and not only is is it a good thing for uh, not only is it a good, a good thing for for the the company looking to sell something, but uh, it's it's also a great opportunity for the company that's. Um, that that's looking to to buy something as well. There, there's um, I have one of my clients is a machine shop, and uh, you know he he may not he may not need uh, the client may not need something machined. You know he he machines semiconductor equipment parts and stuff like that. But you know his clients may not need something today, but tomorrow when he's going through his LinkedIn and he said, oh man, I've got these twelve parts that need to be made. Who's going to make these parts for me? I have to spend all this time trying to find somebody to do it. Oh yeah, there's this guy on my LinkedIn, you know, and that's that's where the relationship kind of comes into play. And then they, you know, he gets in contact with him, he sends him a DM, and he says, "Hey, can we uh, can can I talk to you about having something, uh, some having some parts made for me?" And so that's that's where this relationship building and using LinkedIn is is just so, so powerful, and 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 you know, it, it's it's done really well for so many of our clients. And uh, the best part of it, it's basically free. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's or totally organic, right? It's uh, peanuts it, cost uh, compared to what you cost to have a membership or premier. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's peanuts. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, compared to what you pay per click and all this other SEO marketing and everything like that, this is organic. It's organic, natural, um, you know, relationship development. And 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 you know, you're you're putting those people into your your business organization and 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 you know, making them a, a lifetime a, a lifetime uh, you know partner with the business and. and you're able to keep that relationship going forever. So that's, it's awesome. I love it, Robert. You nailed it. You dropped the ball right there. You know, that was, that, that's exactly what it's about, you know, and it's, I'm so happy that seeing people's success through this um, because digitalization is taking advantage of a platform, um, evolving, changing, seeing what the demand is out there and also helping guide people. At the end of the day, you are, you are um, putting a, you know, you're, you are helping companies brand and you're helping building that and, and, quantifying their results because not everybody has that skill set to see that vision. Yeah. And, you know, the CEOs, executives, just sometimes they don't or they're too busy. So they have companies like yourselves or people to be innovative, to do that for them and to show them that perspective and what it leads to bring that content marketing and touch more people, have more touch points. Yeah. 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 And, and it, it's where, where the, where the, the marketing business is going to go as far as, you know, it's expanding right now. We're we're growing a lot, but I'm also expanding in other realms. That um, I've been asked to to uh, to attend a, a, a attend an event in Vietnam and speak at an event. Um, I you know working with other companies that have possibly talking about having me speak at, at Cinecon or something like that for yeah. them, or or attend Cinecon for them. Um, but also you know I, I'm looking to get uh, into video. And to get this business into uh, bringing attention to the industry, and, and really bringing um, uh, new people into the industry, we're 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 experiencing uh, so much growth right now. And there's so much of us gray-haired guys, you know, that are with the, this yeah, trust me, right there with you. That are that are are you know it, that are in the industry, but there's just not enough. Um, new new blood in the in the business and so uh, I, i'm really one of my goals is as a you know in this in this platform that i'm able to hold and kind of um is is to be able to bring attention to the new generation of you know this industry and and to really get them excited about this industry um there's really not enough right now there is a shortage of, of technicians and engineers uh, coming into this. Uh, there's so many people going into software right now um, because it's such a big boom, but it, you know, we really need to uh, work hard at, at pushing, uh, put, you know, educating people about the business and educating people about what we do. What we do is it's amazing. I mean, like these, these machines are, are, are creating vacuums equal to a deep space vacuum and, and creating plasma, you know, as hot as the surface of the sun, you know, it, it, what we're doing is just absolutely amazing. And the environments that we're creating inside these chambers are awesome. We're moving atoms, you know, we're, 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 we're moving atoms with the atomic layer deposition equipment. And uh, it, it's, it's really neat. It's, it's really fun to, to do. And I want to get the next generation excited about that and hopefully, um, you know, being able to make sure that this, uh, industry stay strong with with that uh, with the you know these next generation of engineers and technicians that need to come in and, and, and learn this business because uh, us old gray hair guys aren't going to be here forever turning ranches so 
Well, hopefully, I don't call ourselves a little gray hair. I think we're, we're just at the point of uh, we're we're in the middle. We're in the middle gap between the old gray hair and the the new generation and the and the boomers, as you would say. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I really, I, it was fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing that information, that insight. I totally agree with you on everything you said. And I think we can we can work a lot together because that's one of my missions from The Real Talk is to spread that awareness, bring the new generation into the supply chain and the engineering and technical and really you know, show where the hardware and where this innovation is. It's sexy down there. It is innovative. It's fun. It's it's every day. It's a new thing. It's a new challenge. And and, it, and it's it's um, solving problems, you know? Solving, yeah. you know, problems. And in the, the day, it's, it's solving problems that change the world. And yeah. that's what we're doing every day, you know. So I really appreciate it. Any, any final thoughts while we end this up? Any final thoughts you have to share? I would love, I, I love, the, love the attention that I'm, I'm, I'm getting. It's, it's really unbelievable. Um, the feedback that I'm getting on my LinkedIn has just been absolutely amazing. And, uh, and you know, the, the, the DMs from, CEO, from everybody, from CEOs yeah. to – uh, to you know, just uh, regular old engineers saying, "What are you doing?" Like, wow, <laughs> thanks so much. Um, I, I have a funny story that I actually got a I, I got a, a phone call from a guy from uh, a, a large a, a large fab, and uh, he was a uh, he was a director of legal. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, great! What did I do? Uh, what did I? You know, what what's going on? How can I help you?" And uh, he said, "I just want to let you know, it just." your content's worth a million bucks to me. Thanks so much for what you do. I appreciate it. And, and just, you know, that feedback that I'm getting from people has just been amazing. And, uh, and, and, and I, I, I'm, it's just my pleasure and I'm just happy to, to provide this content and to keep it, you know, keep it going. And uh, I, I really, really passionate and in, uh, love this industry. So. Awesome. I, I love it. Thank you very much for Robert. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for coming on The Real Talk. And I really appreciate it. And I'd love to collab with you more as, as the new cycles change, as things change, of innovation and growing of your of your uh, Quinn, uh, Quinn Media, really what's going on and to give us the updates on that. So thank you very much for coming on and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Rob. Thank you.